0: Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited that you would join us today and hope you're encouraged by the message you hear. If you'd like to know more, visit our website, highway.com.au. I want to look at um, just a, a thought this morning, and it really does flow from where we've already been in worship. But um, if we just pray just for one moment, Father, we just thank you for your goodness, for your grace, we thank you for your mercy. And Lord, we're here for one reason this morning, and that's just to touch you, hear from you, to draw near to you. And so I just pray for every person, every person online, every person here in this auditorium. We just pray for one another, your blessing to flow. And we thank you right from the outset that everything is all right. And Everybody said. Amen. I'm stating the obvious, I know that our world needs God right now. Turn to your neighbor and say, Our world desperately needs God right now. Um, In so many different ways, numerous names of God, you know, all bring out different facets of his attributes, of his character. You know, our our world right now needs um, his provision, it really does. A lot of nations are struggling. Jehovah Jireh, that's his name. Our world needs uh, healing. Jehovah Rapha, that's his name, another name attributed to him. Our world right now needs peace. Jehovah Shalom. Uh, It literally means peace. Jehovah Ra, our shepherd. Do you know there's literally hundreds of titles and names throughout the word of God that are given to God? Obviously, it's his word, so he's letting us know. That that's who he is. But there's one this morning that I just want to really focus. Just a, a simple yet powerful one. And I, I think, it, I trust it will relate to every single one of us. Maybe everyone in, in the world right now. But it's probably one that was given to, uh, to speaking of Jesus himself. And um, we find it over in the Old Testament it, it, where it was prophesied that you shall have a son and you're going to give him, he will be called. Uh, So we're talking thousands of years ago, it was declared prophesied. But in the New Testament, we read in Matthew chapter one, verse 23, the fulfillment of this prophetic word. And here it is, behold, a virgin will give birth to a son. I know it's after Christmas, but it's okay to go there. Good. Uh, And he will be called, and here it is, Emmanuel, which means, God with us. I want to personalise that this morning. Wouldn't it be good if we could all walk out of here with the confidence and again online to wherever you are seated right now to be able to declare that God is with me. I don't think many would argue in this setting that yeah, God is with us, but he wants to be with you. So it doesn't matter where you're at, what you've been through, what you're walking into. Um, The word Emmanuel literally does mean God with us. In your translation, you may see Emmanuel with an I, which is the Old Testament Hebrew translation. Um, Some translations will just have the letter E, Emmanuel. They're both the same, okay? They both mean exactly the same thing, that God is with us, and this was a world changer. That declaration, God with us, I don't think we get the fullness of that Uh, But you think of the Old Testament. God did extraordinary things and he never changes. So he did want to be with his people. But something changed here on earth. The moment Jesus was born, God Emmanuel, now God with us. We don't actually have to, and it's good that we came to church this morning, um, but we don't have to go to church to find God. Many of us did. But the reality is when you walk out of here, he is still with you. You may say, you don't know what my home life is like. Uh, He is still with you. But I don't have a job right now, I've lost finances, I'm dealing with ill health, I'm not sure if I got COVID, I'm not sure what's happening. He is with you. And there lies our confidence. Everything changed with Emmanuel, God with you. Even greater, and I love the miracles of God, and boy, do we need to see some miracles. We need miracles like never before. But do you know even greater than healing, even greater than God, your provider, even greater than God, your deliverer, maybe, possibly, and I've only just thought of this maybe in the last few months, the greatest thing that I need is to know that God is with me. The greatest thing is that God is with me. I'm I'm going to confess. There's been times, and you wouldn't have this problem, uh, but, but I think there's been moments where I've fixated on a miracle. Let me put it this way: I've fixated on a particular outcome. The way I thought God should work this out. I know you don't have this problem. The person beside you, maybe, but not you. And so we, we pray, and we pray in faith, and we even pray in the will of God, but we can set our agenda, and we set our time frame, and we set our parameters on just how this will go. And we can spiritualize that, of course, and sometimes God actually gives you exactly just what you prayed. Turn to your neighbor now and say, yeah, isn't that good when that happens? It is so good when that happens. But we find in, throughout the scriptures, a lot of times, things happen that were out of the park that was nothing like that person was wanting. Job didn't one day wake up and just think, yippee, I'm going to go through a huge tribulation. And, and we see time and time again, the problem with being so fixed on a miracle or a particular outcome, When I say I'm being fixed on a miracle, let's hold on to miracles, but you know what what I'm saying. A particular way that that's going to happen, it's possible to even lose sight of him. We've got friends, we've been guilty of it ourselves. but we've got friends who have even been in ministry, yes, even pastors, who were so locked onto a promise of God, but when God didn't seem to come through, they got cranky at God, angry at God. Even to the point, some not even going to church. Again, I know that would never happen to you. You never get frustrated with God, with his ways, his timing. And I'm going to suggest that maybe I'm in good company. I think we all walk through a very similar journey. But I want to encourage you, you're not alone. I was even thinking of some of the early miracles. Jesus' first miracle was the wedding at Cana. And they ran out of wine. And so he said, bring me jugs of water. And you know, may have heard it before. And he turned it all into precious wine, not cheap stuff. It was good quality wine. It was a miracle. Jesus' first recorded miracle. I can't help but wonder, maybe the next morning or even a week on, I wonder, did everyone who attended that wedding go home? And is it possible that some of them, totally even forgot about what happened, weren't totally conscious of what happened. They're just not aware of it. Yeah, I think something could happen back there, but just moving on with their life. We see the same thing over and over, the 10 lepers. You remember, there were 10 lepers, which was an incurable disease back then. And Jesus healed all 10. One returns to him to just lay down and honor him, to he understood that this was more than a healing for him. And Jesus even asked the question, where's the other nine? Where is the other nine? They got their miracle, but I don't think they forgot, but they just thought they had their miracle and that's all they needed. I thought of the crowd of 5,000, then we read later 4,000, who were all miraculously fed from the little boy with the five loaves and the two fish. and It was an astonishing miracle, they got fed. But I wonder how many woke up the next morning and were then thinking about their next meal. They got their miracle, but I just wonder if there's more to these miracles than what we might think. We love Peter, we all love Peter in the New Testament, one of the disciples, one of the apostles, He. Uh, we love him because we probably relate to him. I think yeah, you and I are probably got more Peter in us than we dare to admit. Um, but Peter, when you think of it, he had witnessed miracle after miracle. He had seen so much. He was, he was one of the closest to Jesus. He'd seen it all. His, his life walking with Jesus began with a miracle. And often uh, involved boats and fish and and storms and the the sea because he was a fisherman. So I guess that's how God related to him. He'd seen Jesus die. He'd seen Jesus raised from the dead. We're going to read a few verses in a moment. But I've got a gut feeling that I don't think it was all about boats, fishes and storms with Peter. I think there was a little bit more to it than that. The storms, they come and go. The fish, they come and go. But there was more that Jesus was doing in Peter's life. So I'm going to read just a few verses. If you're patient, um, you've got no choice, I know. But reading uh, from John chapter 21, verse 1. And let me just have one more sip. Say, the word of God is important to you. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's going to do you good. It will do you good. So here we read, John chapter one. Now this is post-resurrection. So again, Peter has seen it all. And this is a matter of days after the resurrection. So Peter, I think, is probably processing a lot in his own life. A lot has happened. We read from verse one. Later, Jesus appeared again to the disciples beside the Sea of Galilee. This is how it happened. Several of the disciples were there, Simon Peter, Thomas, Nathaniel, the sons of Zebedee, two other disciples. And Simon Peter said, I'm going fishing. Do you, do you sense, I just hear a, a tad of disillusionment in that statement, uh, I'm just reading into it, but I'm guessing Peter, uh, it wasn't long since he did uh, d- denied Christ, betrayed him, he'd seen a lot happen uh, that did not go according to his schedule, so I uh, just sense a little tad of disillusionment, and he says, I'm going fishing, I'm going back to what I, I know. And so the others, it, probably very similar f- frame of mind, Said, we, we'll come to. So they went out in the boat and they caught nothing all night. Many of you would have heard this story. At at dawn the disciples saw Jesus standing on the beach, but they couldn't see who he was. There's another message right there. Jesus was closer to them than they realized, but they still couldn't see him. He called out, Friends, have you caught any fish? No, they replied. Then he said, Throw out your net on the right hand side of the boat and you'll get plenty of fish. This is totally fisherman's illogic. Okay, that doesn't make, if there's no fish on that side, there ain't gonna be any fish on the other side. But anyway, they did it. And so they couldn't draw in the net because there were so many fish in it. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his tunic, jumped into the water and swam ashore. The others stayed in the boat and pulled the loaded net into the shore for they were only about about 100 metres out. When they got there, they saw that a charcoal fire was burning and fish were frying over it, and there was bread. Bring us some of the fish you've just caught, Jesus said. So Simon Peter went aboard, then dragged the net to the shore. There were 153 large fish, 153 large fish. Did I say 153 large fish? And yet the net hadn't torn. Now come and have some breakfast, Jesus said. No one dared ask him if he was really the Lord because they were now sure of it. Then Jesus served the bread and the fish. This was the third time Jesus had appeared to his disciples since he had been raised from the dead. After breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, uh, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied, you know that I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus said. Once more, he asked him, son of John, I jumped to verse 17, this is the third time. Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved that Jesus asked the question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said again, then feed my sheep. Question, what's the miracle here? And you wouldn't be wrong in saying 150 very large fish. They filled the boat when they'd spent all night couldn't catch a thing. Um, why 153? Well I, I've got a gut feeling that it was possibly Peter who counted the fish, um, he was the fisherman and uh, it would have taken a bit of time, I've never tried counting that many fish before but slimy big fish, he took time and he counted his 153. You know scholars have tried to calculate the significance of 153 Um, I think they found that there was no significance, there was just 153, there was a lot. It could have fed them, I guess, for 153 days, could have fed 153 people, or it could have made them a bit of money. But again, if I can say it, I've got a gut feeling that this was more than just having a whole lot of fish in a net. It was a miracle, but the truth for Peter is the greater miracle was not in a boat filled with fish but rather it was an Emmanuel encounter that would change him forever. I think that God wants to do something deeper within all of us. I think God wants to do something deeper across the globe. Our globe is desperate right now. I know you know that. And people are praying for miracles. And boy, do we need to see some miracles but I just wonder if there's a deeper miracle that God is wanting to reveal and is found in this word, God Emmanuel, I want to be with you. That no matter where you're at, no matter what country you're in, no matter whether you're at home or whether you're here, it doesn't matter what you're facing, it doesn't matter whether you're married, your health, your finances, He wants to, you to know that He is with you. Again, I've got a conundrum, turn to neighbour and say, I'm glad I don't have any conundrums. And <laughs> then I know, turn to the other neighbour and say, I don't even know what a conundrum is. But anyway, here's my conundrum. My conundrum is, and I think I'm in good company, I can tend to focus on fish. I can focus on the fish. And we said it before, I can focus on the outcome, even get into counting my fish, but lose sight of Jesus Emmanuel. I don't want to lose sight of Jesus Emmanuel because the fact is it doesn't really matter how many fish were in that boat. It was still a miracle, but it was there to point Peter. This day would come and go. You're going to wake up tomorrow. You're not going to need those fish, but you are going to need him. And Jesus, through it all, I, I've been, we've been pastoring for over 30 years. And I, 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 I'm not dismissive of 30 years. I don't think we've done it all wrong. But I do wonder sometimes that we focus, not Lynn, she's perfect, but we focus on the fish and on the outcomes. and Come on, you need to keep believing. Well, I did. Well, you need to try harder. And so we focus on the outcomes but can lose sight of Jesus Emmanuel. And in fact, I think the more we focus on him, the less attention we will give to how many fish are actually in the boat the problem with getting into the focusing on fish, and you're sort of understanding, is this sort of just clear to me, but you're just being polite? Is, uh, I've got no idea. What, 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 I'm not into fish. Um, but the problem with focusing on the miracle outcome on the fish in your life, we can end up counting fish, but we can start comparing fish. And then we can fall into thinking, oh, our church is going well, oh, yours is not. Uh, that's a shame. We've got 153 fish in our service, uh, does it matter? If Jesus were here, would that really matter? If there were two here, were there 2,000? Whether there was one online or whether there was a million online, does it really matter? God wants to reveal himself to the world and may begin with us as believers to actually know him as God, Emmanuel, that he is with me. Can we go into this week declaring, God, I actually think you are with me in my school, in my work, in my home, in my challenge, in my success, whatever it is, he is with you. And we'll stop looking at other people as if, well, gosh, they seem to be blessed. They've got 154 fish, I only got... Why do we do this kind of thing? We even look at somebody's life who's blessed. Or we look at somebody's life who may be faced severe challenge. And, and again, we've done it before. We can think, oh, that you know, we know the reason for that. Yeah, they had issues in their life. Uh, hello, who doesn't have an issue in their life? Can somebody run to the altar and tell us, you do not have an issue in your life? Now turn to your neighbor and say, you've got more issues than you dare to admit. (laughs) and Probably some you haven't even seen. Maybe 2022 is a great time for us to take our eyes off the fish and start looking back to Jesus Emmanuel. I think Peter's success was not how many fish he had, but actually it was about doing what God said. Here's a thought, what happens if God had said, throw the net out the other side, which they did, and what if they pulled up two fish? It still would have been a miracle for a lot of us non-fishermen, but it still would have been more than they had. But I wonder if the real miracle wasn't in how many fish, but in the fact that Peter did what Jesus said. And so your success, you can be serving God and just doing what you feel God has told you to do, but not seeing much happen. Anybody had seasons like that? I'm the only one. And you can start to think, well, maybe maybe I'm not doing enough, trying hard enough, trying, praying enough, uh, reading the Word enough, and, and we so quickly come under that, all that stuff of ex, you know, condemnation and We need to rest in God Emmanuel. Here's just a few things. When we do look to Jesus Emmanuel, when I actually know that Jesus is with me, and if you can personalise this for you, firstly, you'll find peace in your storm. And there's a key word there, and I know it's peace, but there's another key word, in. Peace in your storm. I find it interesting, Matthew, and we sang about it a little bit earlier in Matthew chapter 8, Peter and the disciples again. This is now right at the beginning um, of their journey with Christ. So this is pre-Jesus dying on the cross, pre-resurrection. But here's Peter and the disciples in their uh, boat. You may have heard of this story, the a terrible storm comes up. It was severe. They, they say it was severe. The fact the boat was nearly sinking and Then we also read that Jesus is down the bottom of the boat and he's asleep. Any of you ever felt like that? Jesus is just asleep when you really need him the most. And so the cry of their heart is, God, where are you? Jesus, what are you doing? We need a miracle. Now, I want you to just catch this because it comes back to what we've been talking about. What was the real miracle they needed? Well, it was... Peace from the storm. Ah, was it? Was it peace from the storm or was it peace in the storm? Because there's a big difference. I found myself praying away of a lot of challenges from time to time. Oh God, if you can just get rid of that person, they just bother me, you know. Or or, or I'm talking about real challenges now. Maybe it's, it's sickness or illness. Or God, if you can just deal with that, please. We need a miracle. But again, God within this context, and I love this, in verse 26, and again, you can go back and read the story. While the storm, now I've never noticed this before. While the storm is still raging. So in other words, the boat is nearly sinking. The disciples are panicking. Jesus now has awoken, woken, waked up. You know what I mean, he came out of his sleep. I'm a school teacher now, so I don't, yeah God help the students. <laughs> anyway, he's back up with them. He is awake. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. He gave me that word. And something astonishing I want you to see the time frame of this. It could have been that Jesus said, peace, everything settled down, and then he talks to them and asks the question. But he actually asked the question before he commanded peace. Now this is so important because to the disciples, they wanted peace from the storm. Jesus was saying, I want, I want to take you a little bit deeper. I want you to understand that there can be a global pandemic and yes, family members, and we've got a number of family members, not here this morning, who've got COVID. We didn't bring it with us, and they're down in Sydney, and, but you, You would know people now, Queensland's been, we call it the promised land. You've been protected up until now. You're no longer protected. Even the borders, you're letting us in. We're from New South Wales. We just came in by the droves this morning. But it's here. But what do you do when things are starting to get very close to home and there's a storm And you're in the middle of it, and here is Jesus, and he asked them this question. Now, I want you to get the the context of this. There would have been a a storm obviously going, the the boat, there were the wind, the waves, there was the, the noise of the whole thing. They barely would have been able to hear his conversation, but he says to them, Hey guys, he probably would have said it louder, but he says this question Why are you afraid? Now, if I was one of the disciples like you, I think I would have said, well, are you, are you serious? Like, there's a massive storm. If you, you are the miracle worker. Remember, you told us, you showed us. You can do this. If you bring calmness, then we'll be okay. We'll no longer be afraid. But Jesus was taking them deeper. He asked them the question before he brought peace to the storm. Why are you afraid? because you thought your fear or your um, peace was dependent on the storm. It's dependent on him. I am with you. Why are you afraid? How good would it be, serious, if God just calmed every storm? But it doesn't always happen, does it? It does not always happen. The Apostle Paul, he faced storms. His boat was shipwrecked. He was protected, and he went on, and he accomplished what God had, but it was a totally different journey for Paul. Our world is facing it, but I tell you what, can we pray, and let it begin within you and me, within the believers, that we would honestly, deeply know that he is with us. You will find peace in your storm, and you'll get peace from your storm, because they're only temporary. They don't last forever. But the greater miracle is peace within your storm. Another thing that will happen. Oh, okay, one and a half minutes. Say, so we can do this. When you know Jesus is with you, he'll give you courage for the battle. I do love that. It's, it's like the little kid that, that goes to school, gets picked on um, you know, by all the other big, big blokes. But... It's a different story the next day when that little kid turns up. It can be a little year sevener. And I've got some in the class. that are about this big. They're tiny. But I tell you, if they walk into the room and they've got their big brothers that are now six foot whatever with them, this little kid feels like he's nine foot tall, I tell you. He's like, you don't touch me. Why? Well, is it because of his courage? It's because of who's with him. And for each one of us, we need to remind ourselves of who's with us. Please don't think it's all about you. I've just got to really psych myself. I've got to build my, yes, you want to strengthen your faith, but let your faith be in who he is, not in who you are. The fact for Peter, between both miracles, he's one of his very first ones to one of his latter ones, both in boats and dealing with fish. I, I, I love this reality between both those miracles, Peter had shown his frailty, his fear, his failures, his denial of Christ, his betrayal. He had done it all, even to the point where you honestly probably wouldn't sit next to him in church. You definitely wouldn't put him on the platform. Peter, you've made too many mistakes, and yet Jesus looks him in the face and says, upon this rock, Upon pe- people just like you, Peter, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell will never prevail against it. Keep in mind, when this was said, it was only a matter of weeks when Peter had denied him. He must have been wrestling. Pros- I don't deserve this. I'm, I'm, I'm unsuitable now. I'm disqualified. And yet, Jesus was not deterred because he knew that he was his Emmanuel. Very quickly, these last ones, because I'm now in minus 49 seconds. Turn turn to your neighbor and say, it's gonna be all right. In fact, this point's probably really suitable. It says, when you know Jesus is with you, you'll you'll find patience in the waiting. Maybe we should just wait for a couple of hours here. And um, don't we hate waiting? When I was at school, uh, not that long ago, before lockdowns and after lockdown. Anyway, one of the teachers walked into the staff room. It was lunchtime. And I heard him getting a little bit angry. And then he started to laugh. He's a Christian guy. He's a great guy. I said, what are you laughing at? he said, I found myself getting really frustrated uh, talking to the microwave, wondering why it was so slow to do his lunch. I thought, isn't that typical of our society though? We get, I know you're laughing because you can relate to your impatience. We want God to do it. God actually wants to do it but we want it done then or now. Simon Peter said this I'm going fishing we'll come they caught nothing all night there must have been a tad of discouragement but impatience there as well. I think it's sad when believers stop believing because they didn't get their 153 fish or they didn't get their 153 fish on time. Um, You know to wait on the Lord means a lot of things, but to wait on the Lord is exactly a worship leader. What's your name? Jaden? You're extraordinary. Got a, I know you're gifted, you've got a wonderful voice, but it's the heart of worship that these guys all demonstrated. But you touched on this. I, I believe to wait on the Lord is to be able to rest in His ways and in His timing. May we find peace in the storm, courage for the battle, patience in the waiting. And is the worship team, our worship team is there. Our extensive worship team is all there. I finish with this and then I wanna close in prayer. When you know Jesus, you'll have peace within your storm. May that be for you. You'll have have courage for your battle. You'll have patience in your waiting. You'll have patience in your waiting. You'll have peace in your waiting as well. But you'll find a hope and a future. You you would have heard this scripture. I've preached on this, Jeremiah 29:11. I know the plans I have you for you to prosper you, not to harm you, but plans to give you a hope and a future. I just wonder now. I I when I have spoken or thought about that, I've thought about it for this life. But I just wonder whether God has more of an eternal aspect to that scripture—a hope and a future. Many of you would know our story. I, I, you know, it's actually ten years ago now. We lost our daughter, who was only uh, 20 when she was diagnosed, and then she went on another five years with melanoma cancer, and it was obviously the most heartbreaking, uh, incredible challenge for our, our family and for her. There were so many miracles that did happen along the way. Uh, I, you need to know that. There's always miracles that happen. Um, but then we did finally lose her, and so that's 10 years ago. But I can honestly say this, looking back, because you never get over anybody that's lost loved ones. You don't just get over. Things change over time but you know, don't think I've just got to get, you don't get over. But your perspective does change. And one part has changed for both of us. We obviously were praying for a miracle of healing all the way through. Many of you were too. And, and we saw some astonishing things. But do you know the greatest thing that we rest in now is knowing that she had God Emmanuel, that God was with her through her whole journey and now she is with God. To me, and again, we still believe in healing, we still believe in provision, but it sort of starts to pale compared to that eternal hope and future that believers have. And if you're here and you've lost a loved one and you're thinking, well, I'm not even sure whether they knew God, can I encourage you to rest in God and to continue to put your hope in God because you don't know what happens in a person's heart. You don't know. Sometimes you see it, sometimes you don't. So you can still keep trusting in God you don't need to be resentful at God that their life was cut short and they never have had the opportunity. You just need to hand them back to God. So that you can also hold on to God, Emmanuel, that He is with with you. I want to just pray, if I could, and thanks for your patience. We're six minutes over. Are you okay? Patience in the waiting? You doing all right? Lord, we just first of all wanna thank you for your word to us that you are God Emmanuel. You didn't leave us with a vast distance in our relationship, but Lord, for everyone who's at home, for those that are seated here, Lord, we just thank you that we can rest in your presence we can come with confidence and we can declare Emmanuel God is with me in fact why don't you just breathe that even just say it silently in your own heart I thank you God that you are with me never to leave me never to forsake me like Peter I might make all the mistakes under the sun but you never leave you still look us in the eye, declaring, I'm gonna build my church on rocks just like you. Sure, you don't feel like a, a sturdy rock at the moment, but I'm going to build my church on people just like you because I'm with you. So I just pray for every single person here, particularly those that maybe don't know you as God Emmanuel. And so, Lord, I pray for them, be they be alone or here in this gathering. I, I pray that their hearts would be softened and just open. And may they just, this, this day, this moment, have the courage to reach out and say, God, I invite you into my life, maybe for the first time, to just use that word, Emmanuel. God, you are with me, never to leave me, and never to forsake me, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Well, God bless you. Hand over to you, Caleb. Thank you so much. Thanks, buddy. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to get in contact with us or find out more about Highway Church, go to highway.com.au.